Welcome to another episode of the Pacific Islanders podcast. Today we'll be, we will be discussing the Wayfinders. My name is Alex Claney. These are my co-hosts. Gabriel Bingaman, Cooper Johnson, Robert Akanji. So, I'd like to go ahead and get started and talk about who are the Wayfinders. Very so, interesting group of people, very. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, we're talking about the Austronesian people from about 4,000 years ago that spread out from Taiwan and into the South Pacific. Uh, these people travel, and we know this because of Lapita, which is a certain kind of pottery that they use. We can track it all the way to Easter Island, to Hawaii, even to uh, Papua New Guinea, which is just north of Australia. It's kind of an island in Indonesia. They had their whole own distinct culture with that. They had large coastal villages. You know uh, in movies and TV shows when you look at uh, like those... uh, What's the words? Uh, those islands in the Pacific where they've got those houses on stilts yes, on beaches. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Those, those, like, those like Pacific like little islands. Those like yeah, yeah, handmade yeah. Yeah. Like houses. Yeah, I know exactly. What you're yeah, talking exactly about. that. That that's Lapita culture. That that's from yeah. There. So like they're kind of like on stilts and all that. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. And why is it called the Lapita culture? Uh, it, it's named after like their pottery system. So archaeologists. Uh, have found sort of the same pottery techniques all across the South Pacific. Uh, Like you said, from like uh, New Zealand to Easter Island to Hawaii. It's all the same kind of pottery that's been made uh, and like put seashells in it and all kinds of uh, cool decorations. Uh, Lapita aren't around anymore. They've evolved into like new cultures like the Maori or other yeah. Polynesian cultures. So on that topic, so obviously we we're talking about the Maori. The Maori are part of the Polynesians. So Polynesians are a distinct group of people. Uh, there's out of the oceanic groups, there's Melanesia, Micronesia, and Polynesia. Polynesia is the one we're mainly going to talk about because they were the ones that had a huge culture in colonization, being the main like first people to actually colonize the world, not the Europeans, because usually when we think of colonizing, we think of Europeans and what they did and everything. It's a universal thing of just humans. Everybody has done it. Um, Anytime you see any people anywhere, they got there through colonization, whether there were already people there or not. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, So something really cool about culture for especially the Maori group, which are my friend Alex over here talked about was their tattoos. Their tattoos Ooh, yeah. were super yeah. important. They love they tattoos. loved putting tattoos all over their face, face uh, um, arms, and everything. Name, stomach, everything. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. their so, body. You know. Isn't uh isn't Dwayne the Rock Johnson one of the uh, one of the Maori? Isn't I think he so. He, well, he He's, plays he plays um. Gotcha. Oh God, what's his Maui. name? Maui. Maui and Moana. Oh yeah. And yeah. he's he's like part of. Like they actually based him off the Maori culture from yeah. New Zealand. You yeah. can see his tattoos. They all they've got like all these stories going yeah. on everywhere. Oh, yeah. It's so cool. It's exactly. Which, so yeah. Maui's actually a myth in their culture too. So like he really, really cast away from birth. Nice. Um, he was like really small. His mother kind of cut off her hair and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and then just put him into the water. He basically got found and like lived. Eventually he came back, found his brothers and all that, and like do many things he pretty much is like a demigod like they would mm-hmm. they would tame the sun 
which is really cool. That's it's awesome. Incredible. Yeah, they get like he'd get fire for the people too. So like he did a bunch of things for them. They've got some really awesome Quite oral traditions going yeah. on uh, yes. with Polynesians. Um, one of my favorites is sort of how um, uh, it was. Uh, was it Coupe? Coupe, uh, yes, Coupe. The, the octopus. He's the the Maori chief leader before they founded New Zealand. He's pretty much the one that founded it. Basically, he he found New Zealand by following an octopus. That's yeah. That's funny. Yeah. That's fun. I like that. Got a lot of oral tradition involving various different animals of the sea, like the. Um, some involve whales, like you said. Some involve octopi. Uh, isn't there another one involving octopi that sort of describes how they expanded across the area of Polynesia? Yeah, yeah. The the, the giant octopus, where uh, its head is sort of what is now French Polynesia, and the tentacles just stretch across the entire South Pacific as one giant culture animal figure. Uh, it's a very interesting sort of dynamic they've got going on with their with their oral traditions with that one. So did they use octopus to to get to ride all the way to the islands? No, or? you know what I think I think uh, with the exception of coupe, I don't think octopi were really that uh, influential in how they got places. Um, wasn't uh, wasn't there something special about their canoes? Yes, they had very interesting vessels. These double hulled yeah. canoes that were essentially giant um, ship-sized canoes yeah. that when they were sailing, it wouldn't matter as much the shape as it would the size. They would have these two giant canoes bound together by a bridge across the middle, and in that bridge it wouldn't just be a way to cross and bind the canoes together to give more stability on the open water. It would also be a way for them to store the various things they took with them. Yeah. Um, they would have many different parts of these canoes that allowed them to better sail out on the open water. They would have uh, wave splitters that would uh, cut through the waves and essentially give them a little bit more stability. They had splashboards that would actually stick out from the sides of the canoes, and they would uh, be adorned with different types of decorations Ooh, nice. that told cool. stories of their culture. And they'd have the same thing going on with wave splitters and canoe prows, which were almost at the front of the ship, yeah. very decorative items. And these ships were just very influential and important to their culture and their cultural identity. Right. Yeah, it's very different different from, like, Europeans. You know, you yeah. see yes. them having caravels and galleys and all this stuff. Yeah, sort yeah. of yeah. the same design. Yeah, they repeated. Yeah. yeah, when you think of a European ship and decorating it, you might think of decorating the sails, which... They didn't as much have. They would have these very interesting and unique triangular sails. But mainly what you think about is you think of the decoration on the bow, like it may be a mermaid or some charging animal at the front of the ship. In this case, they'd have canoe prows with lots of ornate, beautiful decorations, uh, shells, pearls, all of that. Nice. Speaking of the canoes, one thing I would say about the canoes is they were very strong. You like, you know, the amount of supplies they used to carry just like across the way, you know, like the food, yeah. the animals, all the supplies they needed, like to get from one place to another, like, you know, basically all the good stuff they needed to like get to do, like, you know, they had to do what they had to do. You get what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they brought uh, animals with them? Yeah. What kind of, what kind of animals? Uh, like, you know, pigs, dogs. Uh, all that good stuff. Nice. That's cool. And you know. as I mentioned earlier, all of that would be stored in the bridge across the two canoes. 
they'd have not just livestock, but they'd also have uh, stored food and water. What they do is they would uh, prepare the food to be shipped long distances with salt, and they would store the water in hollowed out and sealed bamboo. Mm. And they would also have these uh, kits of tools for all the people of different trades when they got to the islands. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so something else they, they brought too is like weapons. They 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 loved weapons. Yeah. Oh. Like they even had like some of yeah. them were even like war culture. Like clubs, like yeah, clubs. yeah. So clubs, like, hoods, da- double axes, axes, spears. Nice. You know all that. Yeah, they weren't warfare type person. weapons. You know. They weren't normal either. They, you, when you think of a spear, you think of maybe like a Native American yeah. spear. It's just yeah. a stick and it's just stick poked out wild. on the yeah, yeah. pointing yeah. at the they end. No, these were like completely like formed and like actually looked like art like nice. pieces of art like maybe even have drawings on them like paint on them like they're they're pretty complex pretty nice um and so yeah they'd even use these to like kill fish when they were you know weren't they uh, were they like uh, <clears throat> experts at like deep sea fishing pretty sure that was, like, um, one of the ways they uh kept themselves fed as they yeah. crossed the pacific I think that's something like everybody all the like native americans like you know usually did when it came to like yeah. surviving you know kill animals hunt them yeah. down cook eat them yeah use any type of wood you know burn it you know just typical hunting yeah. things yeah yeah so on, on top of that i'm not sure if we did we mention food what type of foods they brought oh i, no. I don't believe food. we did i don't think we did that's, that's really important because you know yeah. they obviously came from islands um they had to bring food they, they yeah. didn't just they had to have food that would last yeah. a long time the food they had they had bananas they had coconuts taro bread food yams sugar cane they also Ooh, stored yeah. water in the hollowed bamboo that's actually yeah. really interesting yeah. Yeah. bananas you don't you wouldn't think of that for traveling long distances because when i think bananas i think of them expiring pretty rapidly but they had to have been pretty good but at bananas like, are usually like out in the open like when you go into like somebody's yeah. house you usually see like a bowl of bananas that are like out in the open it's not really something you can really like you know put in the fridge I mean you can't it's just you get what I'm saying yeah. Yeah, but I guess it would like make sense if it's stored in the bridge between the two holes it's probably got some pretty good protection from the elements it's not oh, as yeah, much out in the open yeah that's that's very true um and so, especially like with the food, like they had to bring a lot of it. Like there was, there was twenty five to thirty couples, which is you know fifty to like, sixty yeah, pieces like total, people. just to travel. Well, yeah, to they're going to colonize islands. the new island. <laughs> yeah. You gotta have so many people. People, exactly, yeah. Yeah. bunch of people. And the amount of people, I think, just on two ships bound together, goes to show how massive these canoes were. Yeah. They aren't something you go puddling around in a river with. No, these were. This was a whole colony ship. Ocean worthy vessels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'd be they'd be on the sea for weeks at a time. They're going yeah. thousands of miles just to get to the new the new islands. Yeah. You know? And some of these people had multiple different skills too. Like oh, yeah. they before they even left too, before we should probably state that, is that they have scouts. These people would like are really good at navigating. They kinda knew how to navigate. They had multiple ma- methods. But they would like leave leave their island and then come back if they didn't find anything when their food's half empty. If they found something, they would probably stay there, regroup, get some food, and then come back, tell the island, oh, hey, I found a new island. Mm-hmm. It's probably, can go there, because, you know, it's their culture. They they love colonizing. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. It, it, was a, it was a whole skill set for navigators. Uh, yeah, they're, they're often considered to be some of the greatest uh, maritime explorers in the history of the world. I mean, they had all these uh, just amazing memorized skills to yeah. uh, to find new islands. Uh, yeah, it's it's so different from any like Europeans. Like they they 
use birds, for example. Like we know, we already talked about how octopuses, they, you know, Koopa used, you know, an octopus to find New Zealand, right. but they use birds, which most of us would never think about. Oh mm. my gosh, there's birds. birds. It makes sense. Like, they're though. probably going to an island. Yeah, like, yeah. never yeah. would have thought of that. They fly out from the island in the morning to fish and get food, and yeah. then they fly back to the island at night. So they exactly. just follow the birds. And when it is nighttime, they had they didn't, maybe there wasn't birds. They would use the stars. Stars yeah. were a very good way for them to use and try and mm -hmm. find new places. Yeah, they they actually had a series of stars in their oral tradition that they would use to memorize where they were in terms of latitude. That's so they crazy, would know yeah. exactly where they were in comparison to north-south. So the Wayfinders were very extremely good at exploration and travel at sea and colonization, as we've mentioned, but how far can we see the span of their colonization? How far out does it stretch? Uh, so they're pretty much, they. it's kind of like a triangle for the Polynesians. It pretty much from the, the most far east side would be Rapa Nui, which is Easter Island. Uh, the most northern side would be uh, Hawaii, and then like kind of like Fiji, Tonga, Samoa yeah. is kind of like the, the bottom left of the triangle. Beautiful places. Yeah. Don't we all wish we yeah, could go yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Very good vacation yeah, spots. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it took them like a... They, they staggered their sort of exploration over the few thousand years that they were doing it. Uh, right, it was um, uh, like somewhere like 700 BC. They were uh, at the Cook Islands. Yeah, wow. yeah. Yeah, so like they were even before like the you know they they changed time like BC and then 80 and 700 BC is actually pretty recent historically. That's yeah. around the beginning of the. Uh, just a few centuries, a couple centuries, I want to say, before the Romans got started up, what were they doing around the time after that, post-Rome? Uh, uh, so they would eventually see the Samoas and colonize the Marqueas. Um, even went more east and more south, eventually. Rapa Nui was probably one of the later islands to be colonized, which we know because of their uh, their big Moai statues. Yeah. When did they? Oh yeah, oh god, the Moai statues. When did they? When did they hit New Zealand? New Zealand was about with the, with the twelve thousand eight. Yeah, twelve thousand. Really? Twelve hundred. Eight eight hundred years ago. Yeah. Wow. That's so impressive. Actually. When the Europeans were stuck in their uh, wars yeah not even i think it was the renaissance oh, no, uh, no renaissance is around 1500 1200 yeah. would be okay. early medieval yeah, so medieval. Oh, yeah, when yeah, they yeah. were Feudalism. you know stuck in what we like to think of the dark ages all these pacific islanders were going out and exploring wide vast swaths of land uh, with so much spread and span how do we see like a lot of cultural diversity over this time and staggering or is it a lot of the same uh, so i mean if we look at the most southern part like kind of like new zealand they're very different from the people that were on rapa nui mm. right like rapa nui had built statues they also kind of had a war culture which is its own kind of mystery because they mm. kind of just disappeared right like yeah. they're gone but the moai are still there and there's actually proof that these statues were carried over the water. They weren't built there, which is, like, really interesting. So they had to be quarried somewhere else. That's cool. Which there is proof for that, too, nice. as well. Nice. That's awesome. Um, wow. And then later brought to Rapa Nui. That's crazy. I think 
uh, with the idea of quarrying stone and bringing it to other islands, we can also see that in Micronesia with the big stone wheels, correct? Yeah, they had those as kind of like a fortune, I think, if I'm correct. Yeah, it's like, a, I believe it's a symbol of fortune and wealth, uh, sort of how we might have expensive cars. They had bigger stone wheels. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Yeah, um... Oh yeah, I see how like you're. I see. I kind of like how you're comparing like modern day to like back then. You know, like you see all these big fancy cars now, but like yeah. back then it was like probably like the same price. Not the same price, price, but you get what I'm trying to say though. It's exactly. Like, big fancy for them, it's like it's a still very expensive and hard to get. You yeah. know, it's still status. You know. Exactly. You see the first class people today with like Bugattis, Lamborghinis, all that, and then first class people back then, you'll see them with like the big stone wheels. You know. Mm -hmm. Writing and all those type of good stuff. Didn't they have a? Wasn't it? A, they did a whole lot of trading. They did. Uh, they the did yes. a whole lot of trading. There, there's proof that they actually reached South America. Really? Because Rapa Nui is actually very you close. Know. Yeah, yeah, don't. They, yeah, it's off the coast Chile. of Chile. Yeah. yeah, it's very yeah. close. So there's proof that they actually made this a lot South of America. A lot of negotiation, I'd say. Yeah. But yeah. They absolutely. basically the the reason we know this is because they got sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes were traded around the. Pacific Islands and you know yeah, they made it all the way to like micro and Melanesia with the with the sweet potatoes yeah they must have been trading a lot they had wow. to have yes. had to have it's um, expensive network mm -hmm. so eventually you know islands run out you, you, there's not enough islands not yeah. always infinite amount by 1500 AD Renaissance time now at that point yeah. uh, expansion did kind of stop there wasn't much for them to do at that point um, and around that point, that's when the age of exploration in Europe was kicking off, right? Yes, yep. yes. So eventually there would be Columbus Europeans and all, and all them finding these islands eventually. which Rediscovering would, and recolonizing what had already been discovered and colonized by people yeah. thousands of years ago. Yeah. Wow. Um, so there is a bunch of special things that happened after. Um, for example, like Rapa Nui, we already talked about how you know, they got their statues, but they just completely disappeared. Like, yeah. completely, there's, we don't know exactly what it could be. It could be because of European slavery and disease, yeah. which is yeah. very prominent. A lot of, there's, like, there's a whole lot of islands. Like a lot of unknown, there's like a lot of unknown theories about what happened, you know, warfare, diseases. You, nobody yeah. really knows, but like, you know, people just come up with new things every yeah, day. Yeah, but like before even, before Europeans even got to Rapa Nui, like uh, they discovered that, um, half like over half the population of Rapa Nui had already dwindled. Yeah, it already dwindled. Wow, like it already like yeah. before Europeans even got there. Which it could have been famine because like, yeah. the island could have just grown that massive yeah. that, because mm -hmm. there wasn't much they could do. Not right. much, many places they could go at that point. No, yeah. So it could have been famine. Um on top of that, some of the islands had monarchs. Eventually they would start yeah. trading with like Europeans. Like wow. Hawaii for whole, example whole on Tonga. Yeah. yeah, they would start trading with monarchs. Honestly me personally, I think it's like if I had to pick one of those yeah. theories, I'd probably pick diseases because you know, they're, like nowadays we got like the healthcare, you know, all yeah, the good yeah. stuff. Hospitals back then, you know, when somebody gets sick, it was like you could take care of them, yeah. but you couldn't like the really, best. really heal them at best. The best you could do is just like you know, tell them to like, you know, try not to get in the heat, you know, try not to be outside. You get what I'm trying to say, right? They yeah, didn't yeah. have like they the, had, they had, they all they had was their oral tradition, so they know, only really yeah. knew how to deal with things without modern medicine yeah, so it's yeah. Like, and a lot of these plants might help but for yeah. the most part a lot of oral tradition is dealing with what you already know and what you've already seen 
when you're talking about communicable diseases from continents away, mm-hmm. they would have had any way of knowing what to do in that situation. They couldn't deal with it because it was unfamiliar to their bodies and to their societies. Right, yeah, exactly. Um. Um, so, with that being said, I guess, I mean, there's other special things that happened that they did. Um, I like to go back to the monarchs, if that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, cool. yeah, like, there's two in particular I like to talk about. Hawaii is a very interesting one because, yeah. you know, it's an American state. We have it here yeah, in yeah. the United States. And then another one is Tonga. Tonga is very, very interesting, too, because it's the only monarch still around. It's really? They're still yeah, for, like, yeah, they're still really? monarchy because of... They basically became a British protectorate and kind of just oh, kept okay. them around. Okay. But that mainly has to go with, like, missionaries and all this, kind of just mm-hmm. helping them. And oh, so yeah. they, the guy had... The king of Tonga kind of had a guy to help him with all this because European politics are very, very hard for, you know, someone that's not not used to them. So having right. someone as your right-hand man to help you basically means that Tonga was able to keep a monarch today. It's incredible. Nice. And I do believe that the reason Hawaii still isn't a monarchy is because of the missionaries and foreign traders coming in. I, I think they did something to sort of overthrow yeah, the monarchy. There yeah. yeah, there yeah. was a coup. The, there uh, was a coup. The, the plantation owners decided they yeah. uh, wanted to coup and... Uh, then the president was like, "Yeah, sure, we'll uh, we'll take we'll yeah. take Hawaii." It's basically just like main business, you know. Hawaii was like overthrown by like you know a group of businessmen, yeah, sugar planters. So it was just like basically wow. business. They didn't really like Hawaii. Really didn't even like get to have a say in like this, no. you know. They just got yeah. like they just told them, "Yeah, you're gone." Kind of got the short end of the stick on yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah. So Europeans pretty much just dominated after that. Like it, it kind of yeah. it sucks because they they really honestly have a really interesting culture and all that. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, cool. culture's still around. I mean, it's it's definitely still it is. around. Yeah, they're still they're still doing their things. They're they're sort of building a more uh, unionized culture, yes, unionized. Uh, especially after uh, like World War One and yeah. World War Two, and they all fall together. Yeah, they like they the kind of realize they're all the same, yeah. all that. Um, but most of them were just mm-hmm. didn't have a chance to keep yeah. their own place, and so yeah. they're just integrated into empires. Yeah. So. With the modernization of their culture, at least, I know they're trying to bring back uh, their navigation guilds. Mm, yeah. uh, like there, there's uh, talks about trying to recreate uh, those grand expeditions um, in the modern day using old technology. Uh, so people are still cool. trying to do that. I think that'd be so cool to do. Honestly. Absolutely. Honestly, oh, I just want to go out on the sea for a few weeks. You know, yeah, well, let's, <laughs> just go, let's just take a vacation and go to one of yeah, those yeah, islands. Yeah, absolutely. Called dibs on the first nice. one. That'd be nice. <laughs> the islands are beautiful, but I certainly wouldn't say that the process of exploration itself was a vacation. It was labor intensive. You'd oh, yeah. have yeah. on these boats, you'd have these huts that you could sleep and be sheltered from the elements. But most of the time, you were awake. You were navigating. You were uh, tending to the livestock. You were sailing. Mm-hmm. You were on that ship, being a sailor until you got to land. And even right. then, yeah. you had to labor to colonize it and everything. But oh, yeah. I certainly think that you can see how it paid off even today. Oh, yeah. They they span thousands and thousands of miles across the entire South Pacific. It's it's incredibly impressive. Absolutely. Really because, I mean, what if they didn't? What if they didn't? What if they, what didn't? If they just stayed in the Southeast Asia? Yeah. And uh, all those islands were just sitting there. 
Can you imagine There's what kind of so evolution would have happened? Yeah. I mean, what if, because when you really think about it, you know how Europeans kind of just urbanized. What if they just urbanized down there? Like, they didn't actually just stay where they were and just yeah. didn't grow to be, well, go to different islands. At Europe. some point they did because... Um, they had their city. The Wayfinders, yeah. the Austronesians, they came from Taiwan, which is adjacent to China, and you can see how incredible the Chinese empire got to be at yeah. its peak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's still one of the, it's still the most populated place in the earth. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's very interesting how you can see that sort of split where those who went towards urbanization and domestic living split off and became this very incredibly powerful Chinese empire. And then you had those who were more adventurous and they would split off and, uh, Go to explore and colonize the entirety of the Pacific. All right. I think uh, that that about does it for our podcast. Thanks for listening, y'all. Y'all have a good one.